Welcome to this Valentine's Day service, Sunday, February 14th, 2021, from the First Love Ministries at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Jonathan Warren has titled his sermon today, Social Media, Social Ministry. Soloist Stephanie Solterman will be singing A Man After Your Own Heart for our special music selection today. Our first scripture reading comes from 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 6. The second scripture reading comes to us from 2 Kings 2, 1 through 12. Thank you very much for tuning in to us every week and listening to our podcast. You will find more information about the First Love Ministries at First Presbyterian Church at the end of this podcast and a new First Pres Jazz Community offering on Monday nights at 7 p.m. It is a question, answer, and sharing time with the pastor. There are more information about that and other offerings at the First Love Ministries. God bless and have a safe, peaceful, and healthy week. The scripture reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 through 6. Let us listen to the word of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Testament lesson comes to us from 2 Kings, the second chapter. Let us listen to the word of God. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from me, from you? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself will live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, before I begin my sermon, I have a homework assignment for you all. Uh, Hopefully, a few of you might have pens around. If you have a question or insight, please jot it down, because tomorrow we're starting something new, which I'm about to tell you. Now, when I became a pastor of this church, I remember getting ready for my first session meeting. I was thinking about all those who would gather around that big table in the library, and I was was really worried. I just left a church with 100 members, no office staff, six elders, and I wondered, as I was getting ready to moderate 15 elders who were much older and wiser and with vast experience, I was wondering if I was up to this task. 
I wondered if I tricked this church into calling me to be their pastor. So I decided the best thing I could do was to keep the meeting under two hours. Because nobody wants a meeting longer than two hours. If I could do that, then it would be a success. Success. And luckily, I did just that. And I guess it worked out okay in the long run because I'm still here. Now, when you start something new, it's easy to get overwhelmed, to wonder if you're up to the task. And in today's Bible story, Elijah literally passes the mantle to his apprentice, Elisha. It's epic. Elijah ascends into a, into a, with a chariot of fire and rides into heaven. And Elisha sees his mentor and teacher, this godly prophet, leave in this whirlwind. Essentially, a transition between master and disciple occurs. Now, this disciple, Elisha, is now left holding the mantle, and he will be God's prophet to advise King Ahaziah's successor. While this story is epic and otherworldly, in today's reading, I don't know if you noticed, there's a lot of walking. Elijah and Elisha walk 10 miles to Bethel, another 10 to Jordan, and then after they cross the Jordan, it says they kept walking and talking. One scholar explains that walking and talking is not unusual for discipleship. In fact, Aristotle's school was dubbed the peripatetic school, from the Greek verb to walk around. Even Jesus used this model many times, and early disciples were called the followers of the way of Christ. Now, this summer, Siobhan and I were wondering, as school was approaching, how long school could go in person. I figured they'd make it through the quarter. Siobhan figured two weeks. Either way, we decided to do it so the girls could meet their teachers. The day before school, we got an email that Lydia's teacher had to be quarantined for two weeks. And we agonized if we made the right decision and if she'd ever get to meet her teacher. Then finally, the quarantine was over. And today, school is still meeting in person. Around that same time, it became apparent that our fall church programming would not be meeting. It just wasn't going to work, and for good reason. We could do online worship, but to do a class or a study group, there just wasn't really the energy or the interest. Now, I'm sure most of you are seeing some surprising things in online worship. We've had folks tuning in from all over the place, not just from Jacksonville. There are former and current members tuning in from Chicago and Florida, from Germany and Afghanistan. And then there were some new friends who found our church online and showed up week after week after week. Around October, I heard about a Presbyterian church that was hiring for a new position even in the midst of this pandemic, a person to help their church establish a dynamic Facebook community. 
and they posted a book reference. It was from social media to social ministry by Nona Jones. So I thought, let's get the book and see what it says. And when I read it, it mostly focused on relationships and discipleship through this different medium. I thought this is exactly the kind of thing Jesus did way long ago. This is what we've been doing forever as Christians. A Facebook ministry, social ministry, might certainly be a new format, but it's really about relationship building. And that's when discipleship happens. When you form that relationship and you start journeying and walking together. The book says, if you and your local church are not online, you are missing a vast sea of fish whom Jesus sent you out for. Right now, three out of four Americans are on Facebook. She says they want and need to be discipled. While a social media plan, which is mostly what churches and businesses participate in, they primarily focus on sharing content to get likes and comments and shares. A social ministry strategy focuses on building relationships and facilitating connections between and among people so that discipleship can happen. She says, go where the people are and integrate ministry into their routine. So we started writing a grant about doing this ministry to the presbytery. And right when we did that, I got a card in the mail. And the couple uh, gave me permission to share what it says. My husband and I have been watching your televised services on Facebook the last three months. As our world is going through all the uncertainness of 2020, you and your congregation have been a comfort to us. Please accept this donation to continue to reach others with the word of God. Thank you and God bless Marty and Pam Abada. I'm hoping I got their names right, but if I didn't, please don't be afraid to say so in the Facebook comments. And just so we can get an idea to see how wide our circle is getting. Now, those folks here in this space won't be able to see it right now, but I want those who aren't in Jacksonville to comment right now, even if you did it earlier. Just comment, say your name and where you're from, and I want us all to welcome each other as our circle has widened beyond these walls, beyond our town. For those here, go back and look at who has commented. Now, we could just wait until we can connect and gather in person. But we've got something here. And even as tragic and as heart-wrenching this pandemic has been, it's given us an opportunity to minister in new ways, ways we've never thought were possible. The author shares, if we think about Facebook as a house, our church's Facebook page is the front porch. On the front porch, we meet people who come to visit. Some come to the front porch and decide to go no further. In this case, no relationship is built. So we must move beyond a Facebook page. 
Facebook groups are the rooms inside the house. And when someone enters our house and stops in a room, we talk and build relationships. As we build relationships, ministry is happening. It may be support for someone nearby or perhaps in a distant city. So we can use Facebook groups as a tool for our church family and those beyond our church walls to create a dynamic ministry of community and discipleship. We've had people join us for worship from places far away who return week after week, request prayers, and are looking to come through that front door. It's as if the mantle is being passed from one to the next. Just like Elijah who passed the mantle to his disciple Elisha, discipleship is a journey that takes time and training and walking in the way of Christ. That's why today we're launching a new social ministry on Facebook. It's different than what we've ever had before. And it's called this, First Pres Jacks, one word, community. It's a private group where we can connect and form deeper relationships, and we've opened it up today so that you can come and join. We can learn and read daily scriptures, and on Monday nights, you can meet me live, and we can ask questions about Sunday's sermon. Remember, uh, we already talked about this, and that's why you're writing down those questions or insights. We have classes every Thursday night, and if you can't make it to those live, which sometimes happens in our busy lives, then you can watch it at any time. You can participate. You can invite family and friends to the group. You can even invite those who are halfway around the country or who are connected to other churches and just want to have that discipleship connection. I want you to know how this idea impacted another church. As part, of, as part of a church online ministry, which they called their Facebook campus, this church had a group dedicated to parents. And as people started feeling safe to share real issues in the group, one parent after another began asking for prayers. And the specific prayer was soon repeated again and again. It was that parents needed support with their children who were addicted to opioids. The church realized there was a need for a group on just this one issue. By the end of the first day, over 500 parents had joined the group. The church provided professionals to help support these parents. Now, the leaders of this church never realized that opioid addiction was such a prevalent issue in their congregation, not because they didn't care, but because people hadn't ever really shared it. Then they surveyed their in-person congregation. They found that just as many people need support there. They ended up pri prioritizing building a resource team to help families confront and break drug addiction. And they opened the Facebook campus, campus to their local congregation to give them 24-7 access to support. See, social ministry happens when we meet people's needs where they are, even if they never set foot in a building. This online ministry matters, and we want all of you to participate in it, to be part of it. 
I'm so excited about this community that we're building online, not only for this time as we're in a pandemic, but for an important part of our ministry in and beyond these walls. Now, in just a moment, during our call to offering, which we're going to have right after this sermon, I want to invite you to share, we're going to share a link on the Facebook comments to encourage you all to join this First Pres Jacks community group. Even those here in person can join. It's about relationships and discipleship and our walking in the way of Christ. Let us pass this mantle from one to the next. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We invite you to join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Pres Jacks community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room. And you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. There is also a Lenten class on Thursdays at the same time and the same place. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link at www.facebook.com slash groups slash 221761382271153 or just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. Join us at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks slash and click on the live link. In-person service starts at 10 a.m. Visitors and members are encouraged to come into the north door. A person will be there to take your temperature via your wrist or your forehead. We ask that masks be kept on while in the church building. If you found today's sermon inspiring or any other program available here at First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, useful and would like to support our ministry, there are a few different options available. You can visit www org slash donate and make your contribution there or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church 870 West College Jacksonville, Illinois 62650 You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay If an account number is needed please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at 
firstpresjax.org. That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s-j-a-x dot o-r-g. We pray you have a safe, healthy, and peaceful week. God bless.